0: Probably the only couple that I make preach together because I love it, it's just you never it's it's awesome. And so put your hands together and welcome our house prophets.
1: <laughs>
0: What's up, guys? We always get nervous. Every time we do is get nervous. We feel paralyzed when we're sitting over there. As soon as we get up here, it goes away. So I'm good. Hi, my name is uh, Josh Rivera. If anybody don't know me, this is my wife, Ali. Good
2: morning, everyone. So we just wanted to just say hello, say good morning, start this off with a proper introduction and say that we're really excited to have a large portion of our um, leadership back. Um, and you know as everyone was saying, it's 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 different. It just feels different when they're not here, and then when they're back, we just feel complete. Um, and so I know we always say this, at least I always say this when I come up here and we speak, but we really are just so humbled and so blessed to be able to come up here as a couple and to have our gifting and to have our talents recognized. Um, there is such a deep um, satisfaction in the Lord that we receive every time we can, we have the opportunity to share with the word with you. And I just wanted to say how grateful I am for the body this morning, Um, you know, every time we get up here, you would think you would really think that the more you do something, the easier it gets. However, this is just not the case. So even much more respect to y'all, because I don't even know because our our human words get stale, you know, and it's always like, you know, Lord, if your spirit is not with me to move this word and to really put it where it needs to go, well, then it's, you know, there's no point in us in us being up here. And so, as we were preparing this morning, I was like in prayer, and I was just, you know, God, come meet me, and just had all these special petitions before the Lord. And so, during worship, I went to the bathroom. <laughs> I'm gonna move over here when I that. <laughs> Well, anyway, when I went to the bathroom, but it was like a divine appointment because the dear sister here in the church, I just walked in there. She had no idea that we were preaching this morning. She just turned to me and looked to me and said, I need to share something with you. And she just began to prophesy to me. And this is not a woman that stands up here and prophesies. And this is not somebody that you'll see up in the front or laying hands on people. She was just a loving, is just a loving wonderful woman of God who had an on-time word and every single secret thing that I petitioned before the Lord this morning, before coming in here, the Lord spoke through her to me before even coming here. And I was able to tell her, well, did you know that me and my husband are preaching this morning? No, oh my gosh. So thank you, dear sister. Thank you and thank you for being used of the Lord and for really encompassing the body of Christ and what that means this morning.
0: I just want to encourage you. I didn't go to the bathroom this morning, so... I got one up on you, right? You know, he, he told me one time he's like, "You're nervous," and I was like, "I ain't go to the bathroom, so, so I'm good." I just want to speak a short word before I get into like the message. We was asking God, like, what is it that you want to speak to the people today? What is it that you want to say? And um, the idea, we, she, she's really good at these. What do you call it? Play on words. Play on words, or they, they mean two different meanings, right? So I actually came up with the idea for the first time. So I was like gloating and all that. Uh-huh. But um, God said, you have, let me start like this. In America, we have seen so many times when God has been removed from the situation. You know, we always hear the one about the school and how school is crazy. I work in the school is crazy. We hear about you know, in the, in the courts, you know, they talk about God, but they remove God of the situation. But one of the things happens is that when, I don't like the word to use judgment, but when correction happens to the world, it first comes to the house of God. And one of the things that God has spoke to me about and told me, he said, there are idols before me. And you wonder why sometimes things are not happening and we're not moving forward. And we're not progressing. But God said, you are idol because you have removed me out of the way and put other idols in my place. So today, the actual title of our message is American Idol, but it's spelled different. It's spelled like idol. So, there you go. That's my idea, so you guys want to steal it? It's good. I'm good with it. I'm good with giving, you know, you seem coming to America. Let them wear my priestly robes. We're in America now. So let them wear my priestly robes. I don't care. You can take it. But anyway, let me get into the message. You ever been in a situation, this is a thought that came to my mind when I was preparing for this. You ever been in a situation where someone's mouthing off at you or getting foolish and you're in the spirit. You're like, Lord, you know, thank you, Jesus. You know, I know how to deal with this. But there comes that moment when you be like, yo, Jesus, you, I got this one. You need to step aside and all hell breaks loose. And a situation that could have been resolved in a moment now is 6 months of something. That's what I'm going to be talking about today. We remove God, the cornerstone of our lives to to kind of like fill our own fleshly desires. You know, I want to re- go back to in in uh, the book of Genesis, Genesis 32 The people just experienced some wonderful things. They came out of Egypt. They came out of freedom, of bondage. Now they're into freedom. They got to a point where they had seen the miracles of God. They seen the power of God. Now they're on the, the, the bottom of a mountain witnessing these amazing things happening up there that God is doing, speaking to Moses, speaking to the 70 elders, and instructing them on the way they should be right now. But in a quick moment time, just like when the anger raises up sometimes, like I just explained, in a quick moment, we end up turning, turning from God, removing God out of the situation. So what the people of God did, they said, where's Moses? Where's this dude at? This guy that brought us out of Egypt, where's he at? He's not here. So Aaron, why don't you build, a, build, give, build an a, a idol for us so that we can worship and say, this is the thing that got us out of, it, out of Egypt. In a quick moment time in our lives, we make decisions that don't include Jesus. And that we prolong our stay in something that God had never intended us to be. He had never intended us to be walk, the people of Israel, to walk 40 years in the desert. That wasn't his intention. He just wanted to take them out of bondage, love on them, and instruct them to what he had for them in the future. How many times have God brought us out of our darkness when we came to Christ? And we were in a dark place and we, we fought the freedom and the blessings of God. But all of a sudden, somewhere along the line, every once in a while, we just remove God out of our situation. You know, I, I was thinking of the story. I was watching TV the other day. I was watching Back to the Future. They'll give me like all eight of them, you know. And in every situation, Marty McFly, you know, you know who Marty McFly is, right? Michael J. Fox. He was always cool. But as soon as somebody challenged him with something that he was dealing with, he freaked out. And what was the thing? It said somebody called him chicken. If somebody called him chicken, he was like, I'm a chicken. Now I'm going to do the very thing you're telling me to do. And it just caused destruction. It caused problems. He was, and then you go back into the past. When he's in the past, he looks at his father. And he sees this wimpy guy. And you wonder why he was in the stage of his life, always trying to overcome that feeling of being like a, a sucker or scared. There are so many things that come in our lives that are, are interference or distractions to try to keep us where we are, to keep us in a place where we don't move forward. The world is experiencing that already. We see the damage that go, damage control, the ripple effects of decisions that don't include God. If God's the cornerstone of our lives and we remove him, how's the building going to stand? So in every situation that we remove God out of the situation, here comes a destruction time. Here comes a period of long suffering. And then we call out to God and bring him back, which he never left us, never forsaked us. But because we were in a situation that we, was too, we wanted a quick response, we end up handling our own way. And then we don't move forward. We're stuck. We're stuck. We're ineffective. The word idol means, like, basically, it's ineffective. I never want to be a person that's ineffective in the things of God. I don't want to be the type of person that I sing and worship God and do all these things, but it's to no avail because God is not in the midst of it. How long will we must go and reject God in this situation and leave him out of it? We can't grow like that. And we have different types of idols that we put in our ways. So I, I know one of my idols used to be anger. Like I just flip out all the time. So I, mean, I was in those moments where Jesus was like, you know, you have to close your eyes right now, and your ears, because I'm about to lose it. But when God said, if you put me in the midst, you will see the very thing that you're doing that's causing a long and long time to get out of, it can be really quick, just get out of it. And I've seen God move in such a short time just because I allow him to take control of the situation. No matter how long he took, no matter how he did it, I put him in the place to do those things. But how how many years that we're stuck in stuff and we're saying, God, get me out of this, or God, help me, or God, why you put me in this, when the whole time is us just moving God out of the situation. We're removing him. We're telling him, we're basically saying, it's like, I'm going to build this God, this another idol in this situation to kind of like bless me. And sometimes we do move forward. You know, some people get jobs that are really awesome and a lot of money. But where's their family? What was sacrificed in the midst because they couldn't wait on the Lord to go do something? Sometimes our attitudes. Sometimes it's pride. Jealousy. Anger. Resentment. People, money. Each one of us knows what our thing is, what is the idol that's in our lives. And sometimes the very thing that's in our lives, those idols that we replace God with is the very thing that's keeping us in our desert land for so long. It's not his intention to keep us there. He did, that's not even him. It's our stubbornness and pride. God referred to the people of Israelites as a stiff necked people, stubborn and prideful. They saw all the miracles of God and still in the moment turned from God. And we say sometimes, oh man, they're crazy. If I saw that, I would never do that. How many miracles and things of God you have done in your life already yet we still say, I, I need you to move to the side I'm going to do what I'm going to do. How many times God moves and we still choose to be angry at people? Choose tools to be to push people away. The worst thing is you can come out of a wonderful service of God and you see somebody in the street and they look at you with a dirty look. And they're from the church, not from the... They ain't selling drugs in the corner. They're from the church. And I'm like, what what happened? Like, why is this person angry? Why is this one angry at this one? Why is this like I I can't stand that? But it's like there's a reason why. They remove God out of the situation. I feel it's best to handle it this way because I feel this way. So I'm gonna move God out of the way. And then when there's a a trickle effect happens, we're stuck. We're idle. And how how effective we are to this world being stuck in our own little world. When the church is going around in circles over and over and over again, how will be effective to the world that's out there? What we do is complain. I can't believe they're doing this. I can't believe they're doing that. They're doing that because we ain't doing nothing. We're not stepping forward. We're coming into a season where our God loves us so much. You know, me coming here today is not just to talk about the idols, but it's to talk about how intimate God wants us with him. How close he wants to be with us. We remove him out of the situation, but he's still right there. It's like someone you're ignoring. They're sitting right next to you and you're just ignoring them. They're talking to you and you just don't want to listen. He never leaves us nor forsakes us. He's with us always to the end of the age. But we choose to remove him out of our situations and it prolongs our stay. God doesn't want us to be no longer in the wilderness. He doesn't want us roaming around with the same thing over. You ever talk to people? Not to judge because we do we do it sometimes too, but you talk to people and say, it's the same thing again? It's been like two years. What's going on? Because they can't get free from it. Because they don't let God step in the middle of the situation and fix it. They're trying to fix it on their own. And all it does is keeps us in a circle, keep us going around and around and around and around and seeing no progression. Then we feel to get these feelings of feeling depressed or feeling like we're worthless or feeling like we have no power or we get up and we have no power or no effect. We tell somebody Jesus and they just well, get out of here. I don't feel nothing. You don't even feel it. We can't move forward without God. God told me, he said, tell them about their future today. So I'm going to tell you about your future. Your future is greater than you ever imagined. You had dreams of certain things that you want to do or ideas. And God said, my ideas and dreams for you are even bigger than that. You want to be a lawyer. God said, I, got, I want you to do something greater than that. I have, I have people in your life that you see that you see they're never going to change. You say, oh, I'm going to change them or oh, I'm going to save them or oh, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bring you into your promise. But you can't get into your promise without the one that gave the promise. We can't leave Jesus out of this situation. So he's saying that in your future, I'm with you. Yeah, there's things that get scary. Yeah, the things that uh, you need courage about. Yeah, you need to have strength in certain situations. But I'm with you. That I'll never leave you nor forsake you. You know, we hear that scripture all the time. It's like, yes, it's it's cool. But we start focusing on it. I will never leave you nor forsake you. So that means no matter what situation I'm in, he's right there. They want an intimacy. God wants an intimacy with us where we're not lower calling him from the mountain saying to come down, come down, but that he's right next to you, right with you in those situations. I don't have to conjure, I'm not a witch. I don't have to conjure up Jesus to come where I'm at at the moment just because I don't feel him. The situation I'm in, may I don't feel him because I removed him out of the situation, but that does not mean he's not there. And I think it's now time that God's saying, I just want to love on you. I just want to show my love to you in such a way that you never experienced. That's a wonderful song that, that's on, what's that, Caleb? What's this guy? Goki, right? Danny Gokey from American Idol. One of the guys from American Idol. He has this song on the right, he's talking about how people perceive God to be a certain way. That they see him as a judge. That they see him in all these negative ways, and God wants to let you know that the way you see him is not the way he is. That he's a loving God. I read Exodus 32, and I'm like, yo, God is like pissed off all the time. Like, he's like, you fixed it. But in the relationship we had with Moses, where he would tell him, go, go fix your people. Moses was like, no, no, those are your people. You brought them out of Egypt. And I was like, is he playing God or disrespecting God? No, he has a relationship. God is testing and seeing, are you with me in this? Are you believing in what they're doing? Are you on my side in this situation? And I feel like God is saying, what side are you on today? He's ready to move you forward. He's ready to bring you into the place that you, he promised you. If he promised it, only he can give you that promise. We need him. We can't remove him. Everything's falling apart because we remove God out of the situation. Relationships and marriage. You remove God out of the situation, you're going to have chaos. And it seems hopelessness. It seems like you can't see over the, (laughs) over the rainbow, whatever the deal is. You can't see past the situation. But God said, if you put me in the midst of the situation, you see in a moment's time i begin to do it. Yeah, there's healing that takes a while, but I'm going to tell you, God does it a lot faster than you can do it. Your home life, your family, your job, every situation, if God's not in the midst of it, it's going to be chaotic. So when Moses stood on the mountain on one side, and he told the people, whoever's for God, come on this side. And I said, Lord, you want me to tell that to the people? He said, no, tell them that I'm on their side. That I'm on your side today. With his arms open wide, waiting for you to embrace him once again, waiting for you to, to move forward. You're stuck, and God's saying, "No, it's time to move forward." Just like He told Abraham, get out, get the out of the land, unto a place I will show you. God's about to take you out of your land and your hardships and your situations, but the only way it's gonna happen is with Jesus in the midst. There's no possible way we can do it on our own. We tried. How many people try to do it? I tried to do it a thousand times and it just blew up my face. I had this joke, me and and Pastor Miguel will always say, (laughs) you're getting an argument or something like that, it lasts like two weeks. One little second of argument will last like two weeks in a relationship. Why? Because the damage control, now it's damage control going on. Now you you said something you shouldn't have said, things you you shouldn't have done, and now you're working to fix those situations. And God said, if you would just shut your mouth and do what I say, he, he didn't say that. That's me. God, God told me to shut my mouth I'm like oh, what's up with this dude but if we would just be quiet and listen to the Lord he'll give us instructions when they were waiting on the bottom of the mountain Moses was getting instructions on how to follow God if you don't wait for the instructions you're going to have chaos God wants us to be effective in America today we in the last days you hear that like a thousand times we in the last days we are in, in the last days we see the stuff going and God's about to send us What he did in in, in Matthew 21, is when he's talking about the the stone being removed, he's talking to the Pharisees and he tells them, he said, I'm removing this to you and give it to another that will bear the fruit of it, of the kingdom of God. God has given us the kingdom of God because he knows that we can bear fruit, that we can feed it and it will grow the way it's supposed to grow. But we can't do that without Jesus. We need him in every area of our lives. We need him every day. I was listening to a song on the radio, we need you always, always. Every hour I need you. It's not sometimes, it's all the time we need Jesus. So that you can be effective in everything that you're doing. Effective in the call of your life. The worst thing is that like we have like millions of churches in New York City. Like every corner, you go down Gunhead Road, there's like a thousand churches over there. Right next to each other. But the area is like the worst in the world. That's, being with, that's doing things without Jesus. That's moving, speaking, preaching without Jesus in the midst. God is calling you to a closer intimacy with Him. He's calling to the place that's normal, that deep place that's normal, and it's between you and Him. Talking, communicating, directing you. You don't have to feel ashamed. You don't have to feel afraid. You don't have to be confused. But how many more signs that we have to see before we come to Christ? Do we fully trust God in every area of our lives? I tell you, I don't need to see fire come out the sky to know that God is doing something, that he's here with me. It just takes us opening our mouths and going to God and saying, are you here? Show me the way out. Help me in this situation. Let me see the breakthrough. Be with me all the way. And God holds our hand the whole time. Whether we talk to him or not, he's holding our hand, guiding us in the place we're supposed to go. Take him with you. We don't want to be like Marty McFly going back and forth. From future to past, back and forth, and then messing up every situation along the way. If we just take Jesus with us, it'll just be one way. It'll be the easy way and the right way. Because His burden is easy and light. So today, I just encourage you today to really just put God first in everything you do. Don't remove Him. Chaos is gonna happen, problems gonna happen, and then we'll be ineffective if we don't grow. The Lord doesn't want us in a place no more where we have attitudes and we're rude to people and I don't want to go there because this one is there. I don't want to be there because I hate her. I hate him. That stuff, that season's time is over. All you're going to bring is destruction upon yourself because I'm not owning nobody else's destruction. You know what I'm saying? It's only going to be on you. So God is saying, come. Put me involved in a situation and see what I do for you. See how I overcome your situation. See how I already overcame it and you just go follow me. God just wants you to follow him. You know what's that ludicrous song I told you? I told her to sing it today. I told her to sing the other song last time. And it was prophetic, right? But she didn't want to sing it this time. But I said, when you move, I'll move. Just like that.
2: I'm supposed to sing that, really?
0: I told her to sing it in a prophetic way. It'll sound different. But it's true. When you move, I'll move, Lord God. And it's just like that. It's not you going ahead of time or being anxious for things or trying to make things happen. When he moves, you're going to move. When he speaks, you're going to speak. And it's just like that. Okay? So let me bring my wife up. Judge tears.
2: You know, sometimes the, the sounds of the world and the ways of the world, sometimes they resound so deeply and so loudly on the inside of us that it has like almost an echoing effect and we're following that echoing effect as much as we sit in the pews. We don't really understand that we're not doing things God's way, but we're actually doing what's been resounding and what's been echoing in our ears. And sometimes that echo just sits there. And as I was just sitting there, I saw this echo just resounding. So I just want to take a minute. I just command that echo that's shouting out to you in regard to the ways of the world and how to handle situations. I just command that echoing voice to be shut down in the name of Jesus. I declare that it's being uprooted right now, that it is not an interference with the word of God over you this morning, but that it's coming out by the root so that this seed can implant itself completely, within the good soil of your heart this morning. I declare that there will be change because I heard the enemy this morning just sort of like saying, nothing's going to change. Nothing's going to change. I bind that lie in the name of Jesus. Not by my own authority, but by the authority of the kingdom of God and by the blood of Jesus, I bind the lie that you will not change. I bind the lie that we will not change as a people. I bind the lie that we will not be effective. I bind the lie that we will not have impact in the earth. I bind the lie that we are a weak people in the kingdom of God. I bind that lie. And I command it to go straight back from where it first came in Jesus' name. Now, I want to read you that story. We're talking this morning about Exodus 32, and we're talking about The golden calf, and it's a very popular story, and as you can see, the golden calf. Bert, genius. Where are you? Back there. Okay. I want to read this to you. It's Exodus 32. It says, when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down from the mountain, now Moses was on the mountain for 40 days. Aaron was the high priest. Aaron was in charge. The people became weary. So when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down from the mountain, they gathered together to Aaron, and they said to him, Make us gods to go before us. As for this Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. Moses did not bring them out of the land of Egypt. The Lord brought them out of the land of Egypt. Already their perception was skewed. Already. So Aaron replied, And this makes me so sad. Aaron replied, Take the gold rings from the ears of your wives, your sons, and daughters, and bring them to me. So all the people took the gold rings from their ears and brought them to Aaron. He received the gold at their hand, and he fashioned it with a graving tool, and he made it into a molten calf. And they said, These are your gods, O Israel, which brought you up out of the land of Egypt." I read that over and over. I can't tell you how many times I read that because I kept trying to figure out, really, where was Aaron? Where was his leadership? Where was the fear of God? He knew that the Lord had anointed him to be a priest, to be a leader over the people. Yet in their frustration, he took the path of least resistance and he gave in. To what they wanted. So they wanted it here and they wanted it now and they wanted something tangible and they wanted to be able to touch God. But they didn't want to wait for Moses to come down from the mountain. Now Moses was up on the mountain in the presence of God. He was receiving the Ten Commandments at the time. He, I I, I just think about myself. I just think about if there was somebody, you know, I know that Pastor George is in the presence of God because I know that when he stands up here, I go home or I'm sitting in the pew and I'm like, oh, my God, that hit me right there. I know that was the Lord. I know that was a word that fed me. When Gary preaches, when Pastor Miguel preaches, when, when God's people stand up here and they feed us, I know I'm hearing from God. I don't have to get anxious and, and wait in my house and be like, Gary, you got a word for me? Pastor George, you got a word for me? You got a word for me? Because I'm so anxious because I'm waiting, Right? And some of us are waiting. We're waiting on the promises. We're waiting on people. We're waiting on jobs. We're waiting on promotions. We're waiting on stuff. We're waiting to get a better car. We're waiting to get a bigger house. We're waiting to have more food in our house. We're We're waiting for better friends. We're waiting for all these things. And we're getting frustrated. And that's what the people did. They got frustrated. And so they decided they were going to build this idol. And you know... I wanna say thank you, Pastor George, for always, Pastor George, when we preach, he always asks us, give me your sermon in a sentence. So it's almost like he's saying, what's your mission? Like, "What's your?" I almost see it as like a mission statement, like I have to prepare a mission statement. And for those of you who are in organizational work, you understand that your mission statement has to be very short, very concise, and very to the point. So it always really helps and it challenges me to get down to the heart of the matter. And, and, and my mission statement, if you will, that we shared with Pastor George was this. Don't confuse your waiting on the Lord with the absence of God. Instead, choose to believe that the Lord is actually faithful. And I want to say that again to you specifically. Don't confuse your waiting on the Lord with the absence of God. Instead, today, as my husband was talking about making a choice, choose to believe in the faithfulness of god even in the very driest the very emptiest the very loneliest of places see back then the spirit of god was not poured out on the earth like it is today and so we are that much more blessed of a people that we are not by ourselves but that in our waiting the spirit of god draws himself so close to us when we seek him and when we're in a time of frustration. And if we allow these times to deepen our perseverance in following God, then they're being put to good use. See, God hasn't intended for you to walk through a wilderness or a hard trying time for no good reason. In fact, it's to test your faith. And I know that's not an easy word for some of you in here. I know like myself, you may have been waiting I know there's something I've been waiting on God for for almost 20 years. And I still haven't seen it come to pass. But I still believe. But I still believe. Because my waiting was not intended for me to fall away from my faith. In fact, it was intended to test my faith so that I would move closer and deeper and have more movement and fluidity into the presence and the spirit of God. It was intended for me to press in and move forward so that I could stand up here and preach to you. I don't know what this looks like in your eyes, but I remember when I used to see couples get up and preach or when I used to see pastors up on a pulpit, I used to be like, oh, it looks so nice. (laughs) Almost like an idol. Like it's nice and shiny and everybody looks so pretty under these lights and people got smiles on their faces. Wow, their lives must be great. And I was sitting there like suffering at home, raising three babies. I was broke. I was like, Jesus, where are you? And then I realized... That it was in my brokenness as it is in the people that I get up here. It's in their brokenness. It's in their hardship. It's in their trial that prepares them to stand up here. You know, so the hardest word I've ever received from anyone, and I've gotten it three times in the past 18 years, the person, P persons have said to me, the Lord has allowed you to go through what you've gone through. And they always say this. I'm sorry to say this, but it's not for you. It's for everybody else that your life is going to affect. And if you really understood and walked a day in my shoes and understood the rejection and the level of loneliness that I have had to walk through. And I don't glorify my suffering, but I will glorify the Lord in his faithfulness in my suffering. That he has always come to me as a faithful father. And he's always filled me. And yes, is it possible to come up here all the time and say, I hear the Lord say, yes it is. Because yes I do. I hear the Lord. I hear him. And maybe that had to take me not having an earthly mother. Or not having an earthly father. For me to be totally stripped of every sort of earthly comfort. In order to make the Holy Spirit my only comfort. Maybe that's what it took. And I understand that that suffering bears a greater weight of glory beyond this earth. And yet it has made the way straight and it has given me so much abundance, the kind of abundance that I could have never set up an idol or exalted my own ideas or exalted my own thoughts to attain. I could want after promotion. I could want after more. I could want after a title, but for what? That's not going to gain me the glory of God. That's not going to gain me promotion in the kingdom. When you sang that song this morning, my God, when I stand before you just to hear you say, well done. Just to hear you say, well done. That's what the earthly suffering is going to give us. And if I forsake all that I know, and if I lay down my life, will not Christ come and bring it back? And in this earth, I have been blessed. And in this earth, I have been given way more than what I ever dreamt or what I ever thought. And that's exactly what God wants and wanted to do back then when the people were making a golden calf and making an idol. Let me encourage you this morning, don't forfeit your voice and your faith just to fit in with the people around you. Don't be like a circle trying to fit into a square. You're going to look mighty foolish. You may not feel foolish because you're accomplishing your goal, trying to get in with that crowd, trying to be with those business people, trying to act like something that you're not. But let me tell you something. Other people around you see it. FYI. I'd advise you to be the most authentic, real person in Christ that you can possibly be and bend for no one. love everyone be kind and gentle and merciful and meek to everyone you come across but don't bend for anyone don't worry about the look on their face when you say i don't agree with gay marriage don't be afraid of the look on their face when you say a child allowed to declare that they are not a boy or not a girl not okay I'm not going to make anyone believe that it's okay to offer their children up to other gods. Because let me tell you something, it's not okay. Don't be afraid. Don't turn away your head from injustice. Just to make yourself comfortable wherever you're sitting today. Don't lose the integrity that you have like when you were first called. And when the people of Israel were called out of Egypt and God met them with miracles and wonders, their faith was stirred and they were moving with power. And they were in that honeymoon stage. Anybody know anything about a honeymoon stage? That's when everything's all good and all lovely. When I was in foster care, I used to go from home to home to home to home to home. And I remember I I met with this one family and I loved them so much and they were so sweet to me. And I remember telling my social worker, I want to stay in this house. I want to be here. She's like, oh, Lili. She's like, come on, you know yourself. You're in the honeymoon stage. I was like, what? But I like these people. They're nice. But it was a honeymoon stage. Now, I'm not saying that that's how my relationship with God was. But when I first came to the Lord, when you first came to the Lord, when you first focused your faith and focused your eyes and said, I am the prize. This is what I'm going for, the kingdom. But then seasons happen. And then the world got darker and then the world got colder. And then before you knew it, you looked inside and you were like, oh, sweat, I'm compromising. Just like the people of Israel did when they took that golden calf and slapped God in the face. And do you know what God said to Moses on the mountain? God said to Moses, get off this mountain, go back down there and go see what these people are doing. He told them exactly what they were doing, they're going, God told Moses, they're saying that this golden calf brought them out of Egypt. He said, go down and fix that. And now I'm sure Moses was done. He's like, I don't, you know, what do I say to these people? What are they going to do? How are they going to listen? But I believe today that you're not people like that. I don't believe that. I don't believe that about you. I don't believe that about me. I believe that we're hungry. And I believe the reason why you're sitting in this room and you come every week and you fall on your face before the presence of God and you lift your arms to worship is because you're hungry and you're yearning to see a move of God over your life and in your family and in your future. I believe that's why you're here this morning. And I want you to remember that God is faithful. And I want you to know in First Thessalonians 5.24 it says faithful is he who calls you and he will also bring it to pass. The book of Joshua 21.45 says not one of the good promises which the Lord has made to the house of Israel has failed. But they have all come to pass. Hebrews 11.11 by faith even Sarah herself received ability to conceive even beyond the proper time of life since she considered him faithful who had promised her. Hebrews 10.23, let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. Habakkuk 2.3, for the vision is yet for an appointed time. It hastens towards the goal and it will not fail. Though it tarries, wait for it. Don't mistake it. Don't confuse it for the absence of God. But wait for it, for it will certainly come, and it will not delay. God was faithful to Moses in his leadership. He was faithful to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in his covenant. He was faithful to Joseph in his prison. He was faithful to Esther in her fear. He was faithful to Sarah in her barrenness. He was faithful to David in war. He was faithful to Samson in his weakness. He was faithful to Paul in his suffering. He was faithful to Peter in his stubbornness. He was faithful to Thomas in his doubt. He was faithful to me in my rejection. He was faithful to my husband in his identity. And he's been faithful to you in mercy. He's been faithful to you in grace. He's been faithful to you in kindness. And he's been faithful to you with patience. He's been faithful to forgive you. And he's been faithful to comfort you. He's been faithful to you in compassion. And he's been faithful to you in strength. He's been faithful to you in your blindness and he's given you vision. He's been faithful to you in your poverty and has provided an abundance of resources for you. He's been faithful to you to show you favor when everybody else would shun you. He's been faithful to take you up and not reject you. He's been faithful to give you talents and ideas and dreams and abilities when you said you couldn't. He's been faithful to give you a family, no matter how jacked up they are. (laughs) He's been faithful to you in his goodness. I think it's our turn. I really think it's our turn. It's our turn to lay down the idols. It's our turn to set aside the things that make us idle. Do you know what that word means? That word means out of service, inoperative, of no good use. We are inoperative when we are idle, I-D-L-E, idle. So we need to lay down our idols, I-D-O-L-S, in order to be effective and be able to be operative and to be able to be faithful. After all God has done for us, it's our turn. It's our turn. It's our turn to give back unto God what he's given to us. Not that we owe him anything. Not that he's requiring, not that he's saying, you have to pay me back. No, that's not what he's saying. He says, I love a joyful giver. But it's our turn to give back. It's our turn to show our faithfulness to one another. It's our turn. Today, will you choose to take up the steed and to be faithful unto God? Sometimes it's scary to let go of the idols, and it's scary to let go of what we know. But there's a greater weight of glory waiting on the other side of this. There is a beautiful, majestic, Presence of God that's waiting for you. And it waits for you every single day. And the moment you wake up in the morning and you breathe breath into your lungs. The wonder of God is waiting for you to enter in so that he can whisper and speak to you. He's waiting for you to take one more step. He's not asking you to go to mile. He's saying just take one more step. Let my grace sustain you. Let my mercy overwhelm you. Let my wisdom direct you. Let my forgiveness heal you. God, I just thank you right now. I thank you for your presence. I thank you for your mercy. I thank you for your faithfulness. Father, you will remain faithful over us. And you will give us the grace to be faithful to you. Even when we can't, even when we're not able to, God. We know that there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And I know that even in this moment, as the thoughts of your people are just, all the things that they've been walking through are shooting straight up into their memory, God. Your healing balm is just bringing forgiveness. You're, mer- you're showing mercy and kindness. You are faithful, God. You're faithful, Jesus. Just stay where you are right now in that moment. I want you to imagine that there is almost like a stage on your heart. And on that stage, that place is called an altar. And if there's something that's on that altar that doesn't look like God, I want you to ask God to give you the grace to remove it.
1: Jesus Faithful you are Faithful you are Forever you will be Forever always Faithful you are Faithful you are Forever I will never leave you. And you are not alone. You are not alone. And he will not forsake you. And he will never leave you. Cause faithful you
0: While I was sitting there I was um, actually Lord to you know like you make an altar call and the Lord said let the people know today that when the world sees you they want to see Jesus that's God's goal to glorify the Lord so that when the people look at us all they see is Jesus that they don't see our pride they don't see us in the way of what God is doing and wants to do in their lives so I want to encourage you today You know your hearts, you know what's in the way. And if you can't find an idol or you don't know this, idol, like, you know, one of the biggest idols is us, you and me. One of the biggest stumbling blocks that get in the way from people seeing Jesus is you and me. And if we're going to be in the army of the Lord, if we're going to bring this end time harvest in, if we're going to reach souls and see lives change and see the impossible, we need to lay down ourselves. We're the biggest idol that gets in the way. What we want. And I feel like God is saying, if if that's you, if you feel that you are called to this army of the Lord, which I'm going to let you know right now, you're all called to the army of the Lord. So if you feel like you're not, I don't know what's going on, but we're all called to the army of the Lord. It's time to lay ourselves down and what we want and what we want to do and how we feel and make it about Jesus. So I just encourage you, if that's you today, I know that's us. I just encourage you to come to the front because we're going to stand in agreement that God is faithful to you, that God won't let you down. If you've been disappointed many times, you are not going to be disappointed with Jesus. He's not going to let you down. He's not going to fail you. He's not going to leave you stranded and forsaken. He's going to come through for you in such a mighty way. So I just encourage you, if you feel led, to come down here, to come down here. and We're just going to pray over you, me and my wife, and the worship team could, you know, whatever they put in their heart to sing over you guys. They're going to sing over you, but you're part of the army of the Lord. And now is the time to take up our arms, to take up our authority, and take up what God has called us to do, and remove ourselves and our ways and our feelings and our frustrations and our jealousy and our pride out of the way. So God could fulfill everything He promised to you. So I just encourage you to come up if you feel come. Worship to you guys could come up and hey. I'm just gonna pray a general prayer and then me and my wife, if any of the prayer team wants to come pray that pray for people down here. We to let you know that what you're doing now is not just for show. But it's showing God that I'm for real. It's showing God that, like she, my wife was saying, like in the dark places is where you you receive the anointing sometimes, where you receive revival in your life, where you receive word and confirmation is in those hard times because we trust God in those situations and we know He's faithful in those situations. So whatever you're going through today, God is faithful in your situation and He's not going to let you down. And you're not going to you're going to move out the way and let Him do His thing, okay? So, Father God, I just, just want to pray over these people, Lord, right now in the name of Jesus. You see, every situation, Lord, no matter how hard it is, how hopeless it is, how frustrating it is, Lord God. You are faithful, Lord God. And I thank you that you're faithful, Lord God, so that we can have even more faith in you, Lord God to believe Lord God that you you will come through for us in in such a miraculous way Lord God that you will be there for us when danger comes when struggles come when frustration comes Lord God everything we want to do for this day forward is to glorify you Lord so we lay ourselves down Lord we weigh our pride we lay our our foolishness we lay all these things down before you Lord God knowing that you're going to come through for us Lord God knowing that what you have promised to us Lord God you will do Lord God I thank you for your faithfulness Lord God some people Lord God don't know the faithfulness of God they never experienced Lord how faithful you are because they've been disappointed so many years after years by people by religion Lord by family Lord God by jobs and their expectations were crushed Lord God their hope was crushed Jesus but Lord with you in the picture Lord God there is no disappointment you are a faithful God a faithful to each one here today Lord God so, Holy Spirit, I ask that you move right now in the name of Jesus. Reassure your people that you will never leave them, Lord, nor forsake them, Lord. That you got their back, you got their front, Lord, even their sides, Lord God. You surround them, Lord God, in every situation. In the broken times, and the hopelessness, Lord God. I just speak against all anger right now in the name of Jesus. That things that were done to you that build anger and resentment and frustration. And it's hard to let that go. It's hard to push forward. when you keep seeing people's faces. And keep seeing the, the cycles of the things they keep doing. And you can't break free from the anger that happened to you. I pray that right now you release that in the name of Jesus. That you'll be free from that right now. So God could accomplish everything that he wants to do in you. All the hurts Lord God from things of churches have made set to people family lord i speak healing right now in the name of jesus that you amend the brokenhearted right now in jesus name lord we release those people to you lord god that done us wrong and today lord god we move forward into our destinies lord god we move forward into the things you have promised to us lord no more idleness Lord God no more not moving no, no more being ineffective Lord God I pray a fire will just burn up in each person Lord God a fire to move forward a fire to see lives change I pray that people's minds Lord God that the attack of the mind that constantly goes on and, and negative words are being spoken over ourselves Lord God I speak peace to that right now in the name of Jesus And each one of us today, each one of you today, take authority. It's not just us. It's not just people you see on TV doing things. You have authority. If you don't take up your authority, how can the people around you be saved? How can people around you be changed? How can your situation change unless you have authority, you take your authority that God has given to you? If you don't know what that is, just listen to the Lord. Everything your heart desires to do for someone, to bless them, to see their lives change, is the Lord speaking to you. Take up your authority and do it. There's no more idleness. No more standing still. There's no place like that in the army of God. There's no place in the kingdom of God for that. He has given you the kingdom. What we're waiting for in heaven to experience one day, God has given to you right now inside your hearts in the presence of the Holy Spirit. And He's fully equipped you to do everything God has called you to do. Don't run from the Lord no more. Don't see the signs and still complain. Don't see the signs of what God is doing and still fight Him and still be stubborn. A donkey is stubborn. I don't got to say the other name with a donkey, but a donkey is stubborn because you try to make him go a certain way. If he don't want to move, he ain't going to move. And there's nothing I can do to convince you. But I want to let you know that Jesus has his open arms. He's sitting right next to you. He's in your home waiting for you. Even though there's a storm going on in your life, Jesus is right in the midst of the storm. And at any moment, any moment, you could call out to Jesus and he'll be right there for you.
2: And if you don't know Jesus this morning, wherever you're sitting, just bow your head, close your eyes, just say, Jesus, in your heart, you could just say, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I believe that you are the son of God. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. I believe that by the power of the spirit of God, you rose from the dead. And I invite you to take your place in my heart, in my home. You are Messiah. You are the Savior. And I will put no other God before you. Thank you for forgiving my sins. Thank you for cleansing me from all unrighteousness. Thank you that you are now the Lord of my life. And that my future is clearer than it has ever been. And that I will live and not die to proclaim the works of the Lord in the lands of the living. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: you receive prayer which is going to sink softly over there.